Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Apex F1 podcast, not Imola GP edition. We're going to do a deep dive into the events that happened into the Imola GP cancellation, look through some of the relationships between some of the drivers on each of the teams, and we're going to even play a little bit of trivia at the end just to keep our minds fresh on this break. So grab your gloves, strap on your helmet, because you're about to turn on to the Apex. Hello, everybody. My name is Ryan. And I'm Josh. And we are the hosts of the Apex F1 podcast. Uh, We're glad you're here because we have a lot to talk about today. So glad you're strapped in and ready to go. All right, everybody. Why don't we go ahead and hop into breaking news? Let's talk about the Imola Grand Prix. Everyone who's listening to this basically already knows the Imola Grand Prix has been canceled or basically is what Formula One talk. It's been called off. The actual verbiage of what it means to be called off is very vague. Um, I I know for myself, Josh, it was very interesting to see the wording that they used because it's almost like they left it to where it could possibly be postponed. But I don't really think that it will be postponed. Um, Mainly my reasons why is because we already have a stuffed calendar as it is. I don't know. It's probably just to be left up in the air just for them to be able to come back to it. So it's going to be they just did what they needed to. So everybody knows what's going on and then gives them the upper hand or like the ball in their court, per se, just to be able to do what they want with it. You know, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for them to figure that out. It's it's basically more or less in, like you said, in the Italian government's court. And I think that they're going to have to figure out a day or time, you know, or a race weekend time that they can come back in. Because now that this one has been called off, we're going to be going into Monaco, not this weekend, but the next weekend. So on May 26th through the 28th, that will be Monaco. However, there could be a way that we can get Imola back in, but it would probably wouldn't be until like maybe like late July, probably early August because of that summer break. Yeah, it could be in there or it could be like in one of the free weekends because there's a few of them. I know there's one right before Coda and then there's one after Spa, if I'm correct. Uh, I know there's another one, but I'm not for sure. But it could go in somewhere in there really up in the air at this point. But have you seen you seen the tweet of the track, right? Where the track is all just like super flooded, like completely. No, no. Let me let me take a look at that real quick. Oh, my God. So. um. I'm looking at this right now, and this is from Fastest Pit Stop. And uh, we've been following these guys for a little bit, but they they are the home of breaking Formula One news. It's insane. I'm looking at these images right now of the track, and it's like a uh, basically a, a helicopter flyover. And I'm looking at this, and the whole pit lane is clear, you know, but everything else from where all the logistics side of things are, those are, you know, there's Formula One trucks stranded in the middle of the paddock. There's, you know, the media tents. There's, it looks like uh, some of the catering halls and even some of the, the other like personnel staffing tents. It's just insane. Like all of this, the whole river is, it's crazy. It's completely, not necessarily destroyed, but it's definitely flooded. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the people that are having to deal with that and everybody that's involved. And obviously all the families that it's affected. It's definitely not easy to come back from such an, that amount of water. No, 
No, and it's, you know, this is something I don't think we've seen. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I don't think that we have seen anything like this where floods have just completely demolished the track. I mean, it's not really affecting the track per se, but it's affecting the paddock area. You know, they're, they're, the camera I'm looking at this, this shot right now, and they're just they're panning over the Formula 2, Formula 3 tents, the Pirelli tires. And it's just insane. I'm looking at this, you know, like what Josh said, our thoughts and our prayers go out to the re- the residents and the the people who live in the the city of Fanza and Emilia Romagna, every everywhere in this region of uh, Italy. Please stay safe. We here in the states don't exactly know what's going on. We only see what's what's being shown to us through like Twitter or like other social media networks. But it is it looks really really insane. Uh, I think there was even a a picture DeVries where he could not get through and he was having some car issues. That, that's insane. Another thing is that the verbiage as you were talking about in the article that they released on formula one.com is that the way that they speak about it, like obviously it's very professional and like sending out their thoughts and prayers. It's just weird that it seems like they, like they had a choice to not postpone it or whatever, or to keep the race going. It's like, after you see those videos, it's like, there's no way that they're going to race. So like, of course there's not going to be one. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm glad they made that right decision and it was at the right time because, you know, we're, we're just before, I guess you would say where it's like media day where, um, some of the, or technically media days on Thursdays, but Wednesday is when everyone typically gets to the track, you know, the drivers arrive, some of them arrive earlier, but some of them typically get there by Wednesday because that's when they start setting up, you know, they get comfortable in their environment. And a lot of the weekend starts to begin on Wednesday. So I'm glad that they made the right decision. A lot of people were pushing back because it looked like uh, for for a hot minute, everyone was still going full steam ahead. But I'm hoping that they can come back with this race because this has always been one of my favorites. Right. Yeah, it's a very good track. Uh, Yeah. And this is where Lando Norris almost got pole, I believe, two years ago. And I really wish he he could still get pole. It was either those Red Bulls. No, uh, well, yeah, it was Red Bull, but they, but Norris got pole or almost got pole, but his lap time, I believe, got deleted in 2021. And, um, they were, oh my God, that was such a crazy race. Maybe it was 2020. I could have been mistaken. I'll have to go back and look. On the whole, that's, those are our thoughts on the whole Imola situation. Our next topic is going to be about what can we see with Lance Stroll and Alonso and their, camaraderie you know a lot of people started to notice this when uh lance or i'm sorry fernando was giving out uh recommendations to lance when they were in the azerbaijan grand prix in baku and they were he was basically telling them on the radio maybe you know he could change up the brake bias and it might help with his his uh braking and his driving style a little bit and it could be helpful i i've kind of noticed a pattern where he's he's being like the chad alonzo like he's being the good guy and that's not really that's not really him i mean i definitely think that with age comes more wisdom and it's just depending on your personality type i guess i think he just realizes that he has a good opportunity to be able to teach stroll and they've had a good relationship and i've said this all along i even i believe i said this last episode was that great opportunity for each of them like alonzo mentor lance and then lance to be able to learn and now we actually have some proof and some 
like words out of the horse's mouth because the article on formula1.com was uh, where Stroll reveals the relationship. And in there, it says that Stroll and Alonzo have had like somewhat of a relationship since Lance Stroll was 12 years old. And he goes on to say that uh, Stroll was like, he was a fanboy. Not that they didn't have really have like a relationship, but he always looked up to him. And now to be in this situation, I think they're just both taking advantage of what has aspired to happen. Yeah. You know, I think, I think he's, he's definitely, you know, like you were saying, like with age comes, comes wisdom. And, you know, even Lance, Lance was saying, you know, he, he aspires, he, he's always been inspired by Fernando and they've, you know, they've known each other for a long time. But it's just, it's funny to see, you know, considering the history that Fernando has had with other teams, you know, he's had his run-ins with, with his previous teammates. And I think, I think what's, what's interesting is like, considering what we saw in, you know, obviously Drive to Survive, I just think he's had a, a little bit of time to reflect, you know, on who he wants his legacy to be. Because we don't know how long Fernando Alonso is going to be in Formula One. He could retire next year or whenever he's done with his contract at Aston Martin, unless they're winning championships, which he still has a chance to be in the title fight. You know, I think it's cool that he's wanting to imprint on Lance and that they have that good relationship with one another. And there's definitely a lot to learn, too. But that's pretty good that, you know, that he's looking to make that that impression. And speaking of impressions. Why don't we get into Alpine's, I don't know, it's, it's more, more or less, we're trying to see how Otmar Safnauer, I think that's how we pronounce his name, Otmar Safnauer, you know, how he's doing with the Alpine team, because this is his second year with the Alpines, with uh, Esteban and, and Pierre. You know, I think one of the, the main things is, is that, you know, they haven't had the best of luck. Um, in the very beginning, they did. You know, they were looking pretty solid in Jeddah. They were looking great in um, in Australia up until, you know, Pierre Gasly, you know, had that little incident with uh, Esteban and, you know, they took each other out. You know, they're sitting sixth in the standings right now. So they're basically tied with McLaren at 14 points. You know, we're talking about the CEO of Alpine basically talking to news outlets and basically saying, uh, basically that, it, you know, if the people in the team, you know, are, are, are not doing, performing their best, then there's going to be some circumstances and, you know, hopefully it's, it's, it's going to be for the best. Um, if not, then I guess, you know, that's just basically going to be how it is. You know, there's going to be consequences and, you know, hopefully we do that, but he's, he's look, he's, he's looking to, uh, be ruthless and, you know, Willem has even said, you know, Formula One's a shark tank. Basically, you know, he's he's looking to make changes now. He's not going to wait. He's not going to wait until the end of the year. So it's basically looking like Odmar's in thin ice. And uh, he, he just needs to basically turn the ship around. Okay, so if he's going to make changes, who's he going to get rid of first? <sighs> I, I, I think he would probably get rid of uh, probably the strategy, the strategy teams, or even the... Uh, the, just be cutthroat and go straight for the driver. In which this case, I would I would assume Acon. But why would it be Acon though? Well, because they just signed Gasly. He's already done better than Acon this season already. Yeah, and and to kind of further that point, you would probably say that you know he he was literally given three penalties in one race. So I mean that's that's not exactly the best look for him. Um, and, he's been and with Acon's he, a, an incredible driver in himself too. So I mean that's a tough choice. 
That is a tough choice. I mean, I don't think they would go for Gasly because, like you said, they literally just signed him this year. And I think he needs to prove himself to the team. So he would need at least a full season. He would need a full season under his belt um, just to get that going. He's done pretty decent. Yeah, he, he really has. He's actually had a lot of good pace. He's had good performance um, other than the, the couple mess ups that he had in, um, you know, in Miami and in and in uh, Australia. Uh, I'm sorry, um, not Miami. Yeah, if he finished, if he would have finished Australia where he was like P5 or whatever, it would be like completely different article. Yeah, completely different. And, season. you know, I, I think I think that, you know, he he's definitely um trying to put the fire under i guess you could say it you know light a fire under their ass you know to basically get them into shape you know we'll just have to see if it works you know we're gonna see you know monaco coming up weeks time um so we're gonna see how they do in qualifying and in the race there you know i wish that he would go a little bit more into detail on what he's unhappy about because this is a couple times that we've heard alpine and the ceo being unhappy and stuff it's like okay what do you who do you want to improve the most do you do you hate the strategy? Do you hate the mechanics? Do you not like how they're driving? Like, if you're going to say, if you're going to start talking crap and saying it over, over articles and stuff, I'd like at least explain yourself. Well, like, it's, it's, you know, basically how he said in the article, like, he's, Zaf, Otmar is basically telling everybody, like, we're, we're trying to develop the A523, their car, and, you know, catch up to Ferrari because Ferrari sit fourth in the championship right now. So they're they're sitting fourth right now. It's uh, it's Red Bull's top, and then it's Aston Martin is second. Then we've got Mercedes in third, Ferrari in fourth, and uh, I think we said it was McLaren and Alpine both sit in sixth. Sixth place. Holy crap! I cannot say sixth. Sith. Well, because I've I've heard you know some of the European um, podcasts that we listen to, they say sixth, and I'm like, I I do not say it like that. Like. <laughs> To me, it's. I just say I would just say P6. Yeah, P6. So P6. They said P6 in the championship, and they bounced back at Miami, so we should be happy. Yeah, basically, they got they scored points in Miami. I think that's I think that's enough for this segment. <laughs> um. All right, and now it's time for the quiz. Man, I got some questions for you. So instead of doing like a lightning trivia, I'm just going to ask you ten questions, see how much you can get, just to prove to the people that we know our stuff. Let's do it. I'm I'm gonna warn you right now. I'm probably not gonna do the best. <laughs> All right. I t- I took this quiz earlier. I got seven out of ten. So all right, Formula it. God, if you're watching or listening, let us know. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, which of these events has Emila not hosted? Italian Grand Prix, San Marino Grand Prix, or the European Grand Prix? The European Grand Prix. Ding ding ding. Uh, where did Emila first host a Formula One Grand Prix? 1970, 80, or 90? 70. Wrong. 80. Oh, it was 1980? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, dang. Okay. Uh, who was the president of the Circuit of Imola? Jean uh, Carlo Minardi or Piero Ferrari? Uh, Minardi. Boom. Got that one. So that's two out of three. Giancarlo. Uh, which driver accidentally hit F1 TV Laura Winter with a football while filming Goggle Games recently? Carlos Sainz, Yuki Tsunoda, or Charles Leclerc? Oh, okay. So this one, so Laura Winter is like one of my favorite journalists um, right now. She's she's really good with uh, everything that she talks about. I I really, Laura, if you're ever listening to the show, we want to get you on here. 
um, you and Will Buxton would act absolutely make our year. I would have to say it's Nick, or I'm sorry, did you say it was Yuki? Yeah, Carlos signs Yuki or Charles. It was Yuki, because I think they just recently did that one with her. Yes, it was. It was I think it was like... Yeah, it was in Miami. Mm-hmm. So it's three out of four. Or this weekend kicks off the European triple header. What's the correct order of the three races per the 2023 schedule? Imola, mm-hmm. Spain, Monaco. Imola, Monaco, Spain. Imola, Monaco, Belgium. Imola, Imola. Ooh, excuse me. It's Imola, Monaco, Spain. Um, four out of five. Which of these drivers has the most wins at Imola? A. Arton Senna, Michael Schumacher, or Alan Prost? Ooh, that's a good one with uh, Willem. Willem is probably going to be very disappointed. I'm going to say it's um, it's uh, Michael <laughs> Schumacher. You would be correct. Really? Okay, so I'm not... Yeah, you're doing pretty good. Uh, which F1 team has the closest base to Imola? Uh, AlphaTauri, Alfa Romero, or Ferrari? Alpha Tauri. Nice. That's six out of seven. You're doing pretty good. Which driver said the following in regards to his future in F1 recently? I still have many, many years for sure. Uh, Daniel Ricardo, Valtteri Bottas, or Fernando Alonso? Valtteri Bottas. Because I just read that interview and he was talking about it. Uh, Pirelli will introduce a new construction of slick tire from which race in 2023? Italian Grand Prix, the British Grand Prix, or Spanish Grand Prix? It will be in the British Grand Prix. They are doing a Pirelli tire test. Holy shit, I'm on a roll. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Let's go. Who's top of our power rankings ahead of Imola? Max, Sergio, or Fernando? Mm, I think it was Fernando. Yeah, you're talking. right. That was in a... Oh, yeah, Damn. baby. You got nine out of ten. Get a little Austin Powers in there. Hey, baby. <laughs> I don't, okay, I don't really know what that was, so sorry. Right. Oh, not bad. That, I'm that impressed. Was good, yeah. I'm impressed with myself. I am too. I literally turned off my computer screen because I didn't want I didn't want to cheat or anything like that. And I was like, I was like, all right, I think I got this. Also, whoever answered the questions with us, go ahead and submit how many you got right. Go ahead and submit how many you got right with us. Let us know how you did. We can uh, go ahead and talk about it next time. Yeah, whoever got all 10 correct, you can come sit in on our next recording. Yeah, come sit in, listen to us record, have fun, and uh, you guys are always welcome here. But Josh, I think th- I think that's going to do it. This is a good episode. Too bad we're not having a race this weekend. I'm uh, really unfortunate and pretty sad about that. But that being said, my thoughts and prayers go out to the people in the area in Italy. Yeah, it really is frustrating to see. But you know what? What's even more frustrating is that if they didn't cancel the Grand Prix, it would probably have been a huge, just big mess of events. And I'm sure there would be, they would get imagine. so much backlash on that. I cannot even fathom what they would do for that. But basically, that's going to do it for this episode of the Apex F1 podcast. Be sure to join our Discord for more F1 talk, debate, memes, and more. Please feel free to subscribe to our Patreon as we have loads more content on there and it is growing by the day. So please be sure to check out that. And lastly, please be kind, be grateful, and stay safe. Thanks for turning in to the Apex. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.